Welcome back, everyone, to the Forgettables podcast with your hosts, Rafi Husseini and Ahmed Shima. Sometimes there's also Asad Patel, but today's only me and Ahmed Shima recording this, this episode. Our topic for discussion today is collaboration and how that looks across different platforms. You know, you're collaborating in a uh, video editing or a video creation space, collaborating in like a podcasting space, collaborating in a personal space, you know, for the one of the reasons why we're kind of discussing this topic is because my podcast or brand per se, 2325 Fitness is a health and fitness brand, you know, just personal training, nutrition, everything health and fitness related. And Ahmed Shima and us, they work on a brand called Falcon Notes, which is a journal, uh, sort of a journal brand. We have different categories of like a medical minor, regular journal, and we were just talking about, you know, how 2325 could collaborate with them to create like a uh, a fitness and nutrition, you know, calorie and a fitness tracker and how like that collaboration would benefit both their customers and also, you know, my client base. So, Shima, what are your thoughts? You know, how, what do you think collaborations can do? You think every collaboration is going to have some kind of similar outcome that benefits both the sides in no matter what space you're in or you think it's going to be different like in the space that you are in is journal and my is fitness completely different but we can make that work yeah so i think so to answer your question no i think not every partnership is uh fruitful not everything is good but i think what you got to think about is this that is this partnership going to help me tell my story or help my target audience get involved in the story, right? And in this case, what we're talking about is something that, um, you know, someone who is a listener to your podcast is likely into fitness. They're likely want to be improving their fitness and creating a product for them uh, kind of feeds into your mission and your vision. Uh, not your vision, your mission and your uh, story, right? Like we want to help people lead healthier lives, right? And that's why we do the podcast. I'm, I'm speaking for you, but I'm assuming this is kind of what it's like, right? We want to give them the information uh, and knowledge necessary to lead healthier lives. And so how do we do that? We have a podcast. We also have this journal that takes you through 60 days or whatever it may be of getting your life on track to lead a more healthy life, right? It'll set you up for success for the next, um, for your foreseeable future, as long as you stick to this routine. And I think that's where, you know, if I am partnering with uh, a company, that's what I got to be thinking about. Like, does their mission and my mission line up, right? Like, is there a fit here? And uh, even when we are co-hosting a podcast, right? Like, we have to be thinking about that in terms of our personal brand. Like we're on forgettables, right? Like, is this something that I can, for my personal brand is something that I want to be associated with. It's going to continue the story forward for Ahmed or Rafi Husseini, or is it something that's taking away, right? Like uh, tomorrow or next episode, we'll probably talk about like when it's time, when it, when is it a good time to actually leave, um, a podcast or call it, call it quits, but, um, right. That's kind of how I'm thinking about it, right? Like Falcon notes, they're a journal company and they make journals. 
uh, and they work with people to help create journals that allow their customers to lead more intentional uh, live, lives or just in whatever space they're in. So for example, the medical data miner, we worked with teachers in the medical profession to create a product that allows medical students to get the most out of their uh, time on rotations, especially uh, it, like the one we have right now is when they're on their emergency medicine rotation, right? The idea is we create more and more of these uh, for each rotation, but the idea is like we want the user, the person that is using the product to spend their time intentionally, right? And that's the same thing you want to do with your fitness is like, hey, let's lay out a plan where the person is intentional with what they eat, the kind of exercise they do, how they're looking at their body, how they're looking at their caloric intake and how much they're exercising and all that stuff. And so that's kind of how it fits in. Um, I think that's what you got to be thinking about when we are talking about uh uh, should I take a partnership? Should I take a uh, thing like this? Is like, is there brand fit, right? Like if you just take everything, you know, I think you have the example of the sponsorship you're thinking about taking, which wasn't necessarily on brand for you, right? Maybe you can speak about that, but yeah, those are my two cents. Yeah, but like, I get what you're saying, but now let's say for example, right? Like you have all these celebrities collaborating with big brands, right? Uh, let's say you have uh, Travis Scott and he's like, hey, Falcon Notes, I want to partner with you guys. But there's really nothing for you to like kind of make or that, you know, there's no specific niche there. Like, like what are you going to make for him? Like for him to write his write his lyrics or like stuff like that or like people to write their creative thoughts. Like, would you turn that down just because you don't have a, like your mission is not the same as that person or that brand? But, I mean, you're going to get the um, next no, here's what I'll say, right? Like in that in that example, I can find a way to create a product, right? Like I think that would service uh, us well and stick with our mission while also servicing his uh, audience. Now, what I will say is in that case, I don't think a good majority of his target audience, people that listen to his stuff are necessarily into um, also creating Right. But I do think there is a certain segment of his people that listen to him that are inspired and want to create music like him or want to create something. Right. And so in that sense, we can partner with him and we can uh, create a journal. And I'm just giving you an example just to give you the thinking. Right. Like, um, of course, like, I don't know if this would ever happen or what this would look like in the details, but like really how we're thinking about it is how can we make a product that is mutually beneficial. Right. And so for us, we want to make a journal, right? We want people, his target audiences, who people that are listening to music and his music that are into, I don't know what genre he is. I don't even listen to, I don't even know who you mentioned. Hip hop, Travis, Travis Scott. Okay. Yeah. Hip hop. Um, and so like people that are into hip hop, you know, this is what we know about them. This is what they're into. These are their interests. And so maybe 1% of that target audience is also trying to create hip-hop music and now we can create a product for those people right because our mission is to empower people in their respective fields right and so the one similarity across all the people who listen to hip-hop is probably not something that we can work with him with but what we like a watch brand or something like that like 
they can just create something that he wears and then everyone wants to wear it. Whereas like for us, it's not going to be the same. So we'd create something where he could explain his thought process of how he's, uh, you know, thinking through, uh, Lyrics, like song different, lyrics like, and different song or a specific how, song yeah. how he came up with that whatever how yeah how he's creating and he can have like inspirational lyrics that he found inspirational that we spread out throughout the journal um and then we can also have uh like different resources like a thesaurus maybe that's like built in there you know what i mean like 150 most commonly used words um or something like that you know what i mean like and things that rhyme with those so I don't know. I don't know what it looks like, but what I'm saying is you have to get creative, right? Like we could even, um, you, know, you know, like there's a lot of things you can do if you get creative, right? And especially when, when it comes to marketing, it's like the more creative you are, that's how you're going to actually stand out, right? Like if you just do the same thing someone else is doing, you know, it's not really going to, it's not really going to work. You have to do something different. And I think w- what we learned through my like what I'm doing with branding deep dive right now is focusing on YouTube. And I just took like the strategy someone else was doing. And now what I'm seeing is like, okay, that's not really working. Like I thought it would, Uh, of course it is working to a certain extent, but it's not, it's not blowing up my channel. Right. And now what that made me realize is like, there's no, you can't just copy and paste the formula. It's just, everyone has their own path. And it just, because it worked for someone doesn't mean it's going to work for you again. Right. And so now we're trying out a couple of new ideas, a couple of different types of things. And it's like, you got to just keep doing that. And I think we've had this discussion before where we talked about, I think it was uh, Naval Ravi Kunter, someone who on his podcast came on and they talked about if like, if Roger Federer kind of went back in time and they told him, Hey, these are all the things you have to do. And you just repeated those things. Like, would he still be would he still go up and become Roger Federer, right? Like there's a kid somewhere today. You can tell him Roger Federer did X, Y, Z at this age, this age, he did this, that, the other thing. If you just copy and paste that formula, will you become the Roger Federer? And the answer is no, right? Like, it's just, you can't do that. Like we, we see people, we read biographies every year, right? Like I read a Steve Jobs biography. It doesn't make me Steve Jobs, right? Like what we have to do is we have to carve out our own path and, uh, that's the only way you become great. Like, I think you start by imitating those who you respect. Um, but, you know, especially when it comes to business and if you really want to stand out and you really want to create a podcast that people want to tune into, it has, you have to offer something that no one else is offering, right? You have to put in the work that no one else is doing, right? There's no shortcuts here, right? Like you, you can, there are shortcuts in the sense that like you can increase your reach quicker, but at the end of the day, you have to put in the work when it comes to the actual content, right? And making that as good as possible. And then um, I think marketing, you can kind of get creative with. But yeah, those are my two cents. Sorry, I don't know if that's the direction you want to take it. but I did because I mean, you just give the idea that like, like for someone, for a person like Travis Scott, like someone of that, that kind of following, that kind of influence, you are willing to make something to accommodate that, that partnership. Right. Versus if there's some random, just like, let's say two, three, two, five had nothing to do with you, then you would probably not be working with it because there's really nothing for you and for them in that aspect. So like, and this is, uh, I, I think it's interesting. We can talk about this, but like in your case in particular, 
right? When I see what you're proposing, I think the better move just from an overall marketing standpoint is to not make your own journal, right? Like not do your own plan yet. Here's what I mean by that. Uh, you partner with someone you've already had on your podcast and you turn it into a two, three, two, five and whatever that guest is who has a bigger, much bigger following than you, you use their following to create a journal, create whatever product it is, and then they can market it and you get, yeah, you get a smaller share of the pie, but it's going to more people. You get more visibility because you partnered with that person, right? Now, you know, you've added another thing. Like we have to think about these things as like bodies of work, right? Like these are things that I did and you know, this, you have two options right now. You can just make your own plan, which is good. And I think you'll get like a decent amount of people that will um, appreciate that. But at the same time, if you just partner with someone that already has a program, like let's say they've already done the work. All you have to do is literally add some little design elements, print it out, and then give it to them. And then they can share it with their audience. Now, you know, our company has exposure and we're making probably like a little bit on that transaction Then you're making a little bit on that. And you're also getting visibility. You know what I mean? Like that's a three-way win where every party is benefiting. Whereas if we just partnered and like the reason why I say this is because we are so close to each other, right? Like we're not even, when we partner, we're not even expanding the circle at all, right? Like we're, we're literally, I mean, we're, we've been doing that. We've been partnering on different things. Like what makes you think that now that we put a book out, anything's going to be different, right? Like we have some friends that will like it. Maybe one or two people will pick it up, but like, really like at the end of the day, like uh, it depends. Like if you just want to have that under your belt and say that this is my program, sure. I, I think that's a good idea. But I think you can always have your program. You can always have that. Maybe you can even do both, right? Like just do both. You have your own program, uh, but then it might kind of take away. Like when people come, they see, oh, Rafi Hosseini has one. And also he has one with this guy, right? That that might get a little bit confusing, but yeah. all in all, what I'm saying is uh, in business, sometimes you want to think about how can I create the least amount of work for myself while providing the most amount of value to people, right? So in, in that second scenario, you're reaching more people and you're not doing as much work, right? And, and that's like the happy medium. That's why like Amazon is such a, it's such a like uh, tempting thing. Like you always see, like we had these, uh, this guy created a course we were talking about it earlier today. Like, why does this guy make Amazon course, right? He, this is not his space or whatever. But the point is like the appeal is there. And why is the appeal there, right? The idea is if I can get the right product up, then I don't have to worry about shipping it. I don't have to worry about marketing it. I don't have to worry about doing anything. And I don't make as much margin, right? Like I buy a product for five bucks, put it up for 10 bucks. Then I have to fees to pay, take another three, four bucks out. I'm making like two, $2 per sale. But at the same time, I'm selling like $10,000 worth, right? Like you're, you're just getting a little piece of the pie, but you're putting in no effort, right? And that's where, that's how you got to start thinking about these things when it comes to business, man. Like, uh, like if we keep trading our money for time, or our time for money, sorry, 
what I mean by that is like, if we keep charging hourly, right? Like, Hey, I'm going to work on your website. I'll charge you $50 an hour, right? There's always a cap there, but if we can figure out a system where whether or not we're working, the system is in place and it's producing, right? That's where you see these people are becoming wealthy, right? Like, like even uh, I'm actually working on a, a video for, um, I'll give you a sneak peek. Sorry. Like, is there anything you want to say? Uh, no, no, I know good. I've been talking for a while. <laughs> All right, I'll give you a sneak peek of one of the videos I'm working on for a writing deep dive. So the argument I'm making is this, that Lewis Hamilton is the next Michael Jordan, LeBron James, or whatever it may be. I, I'm, the argument I'm making is he's in perfect position to become the next athlete billionaire. Why is that? right? It's not his on-court earnings, right? Like Jordan's on-court earnings, like he made millions of dollars. Don't get me wrong. He probably made hundreds of millions of dollars in on-court earnings. And then with his sponsorships, he was also making millions of dollars, but that's all stuff he had to do, right? If you look at his net worth increase, where did he have the biggest increase? Is his ownership stake in the Charlotte Bobcats. He bought it for like a couple hundred million and now it's worth like 900 million or something right? Like that's, that's what it is, right? Like so you have something and it becomes more valuable over time. His ownership of the Jordan brand, which is now like a $2 billion brand within Nike. You know what I mean? It's like, it's insane. It's his own thing, right? These are the things that made him wealthy. And, and these are things he's not actively putting energy into. You know, he lent, he lent his name, his money to it, but then he also kind of did that. So Lewis Hamilton, yes, like he's making $55 million a year, whatever it may be, in salary, but he has to put in work to get that money. How does he get to the next level? And, and my argument, kind of spoiling the video right now, is that my argument is that right now, if you look at Jordan, what worked in his favor was he was at the, he was in the NBA at a time. He had this family friendly image, and he was there when the NBA was expanding globally, um, very rapidly, right? Like it was in Europe. Um, like a little bit in Asia, not as much. I think Kobe's era was more in Asia, but regardless, like in Europe and, and uh, all around the world of starting to really, Jordan became a global icon. And that's what really helped them. And uh, what I think with Drive to Survive is that F1 is already a global sport, but it's not an American sport. Like America doesn't watch it, right? But with Drive to Survive, that's slowly going up. And so my argument is, after Lewis Hamilton retires, he will buy a, a controlling stake in one of these F1 teams. And because American interest will continue to go up, that uh, stake, ownership stake he has will continue to rise and eventually he will become a billionaire. That's my, uh, that's my thesis. So if you're interested in that, that's uh, that video is coming that's out. Five years uh, down the lane, we'll come back to them and be like, Mr. Jimmy. Yeah, no, my, my argument is simply that he's in perfect position to do it. He has the family-friendly image, right? And he's gained, uh, he's getting American following with Drive to Survive. And, you know, they renewed season four. The series is wildly popular, like in, insanely popular, right? And so the other thing is, um, you know, he's, he's a leading voice in the Black Lives Matter movement, right? He's the only Black driver in F1, right? Like, I think there's a lot of things at play that make him, that just position him perfectly. And he's also a creative guy, right? Like Jordan 
didn't have to do any of the work, right? Like he just signed with Nike and he was like, oh, these shoes are nice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and then he just bought the Bobcat. He wasn't like, I wouldn't call Jordan a creative person. If you look at LeBron James, you see he's a creative guy, right? Like these, he's trying new things. He, he's invested in real estate. He's like, he has TV series, you know, like he's in, um, uh, he, he tries all these different things, right? Another thing is the uh, mainstream media aspect. Jordan was in Space Jam. LeBron James was in Space Jam 2. Lewis Hamilton was in Cars 2, uh, which is an animated movie. But I think uh, as we kind of, um, as he gains more and more popularity, I think he will be in uh, probably some movie at least. Uh, but I think those are my predictions and, and uh, that kind of thing. But I, I do, my argument is that if he places cards right, like he he has an ownership stake in like some burger joint in the, in England, and he also owns a smaller like uh, racing team, right? And so my my argument is essentially that this guy is in perfect position to be a billionaire. It's it's really just up to him to screw it up. <laughs> All right. So any of the F one fans out there, keep an eye on Lewis Hamilton for the next three to five years hey, any there. any f1 fans out there when this video comes out please watch it it's going to be on the branding deep dive youtube channel uh, i've been I, I put in a lot of work just doing some research so i hope you guys if you're into f1 you guys enjoy yep all right so so to wrap up from today's discussion i think collaboration only i mean it works primarily in a way where it benefits both the brands but if it doesn't benefit a brand and there's like a, a bigger thing at play, then you kind of make it work in a way that, you know, you just put something out there and it just kind of like generates the name and revenue for itself. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you.